What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I want to get you a job because Ball is hiring, and I'm talking about the aerospace technology company. I'm talking about the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer, and I'm talking about the name on the Nuggets and Avs Stadium. I'm talking about Ball. They are hiring, and they want to bring you on board, not just to get a job, but to work at a fantastic place. And over at Ball, they're adding line capacity to their 400-person plant here in town in Golden because the demand for sustainability sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever. And more than that, chances are if you've consumed a beverage in a can, it's been from a ball aluminum can. And so you can work for them and you can help them on their mission because last year they made 101 billion cans. Yes, billion with a B. And on top of that, they do great things. All of the aluminum is very sustainable. 75% of aluminum that's ever been produced is still in use. So you're working for a good cause. And on top of that, you're working for a great company. Over at Ball, their culture of belonging has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They have a corporate index equality score of 100%. Perfect. So if you want to work and get a job and get a great job for a great company, check them out at Ball. And here's what you do. You can text GOLDEN to 77222 to find out more information. Or you can go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's G-O-L-D-E-N. So text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. All right, RK and Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only. Coming to you live from Studio C. The C stands for Can't Afford to Lose This One. Uh, it certainly does. And uh, we're going to talk all about it. But first, I want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. MSU Denver.edu slash online is where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. And what they have to offer is a lot. So check it out. Make sure you get in on that and enjoy all of the options over at MSU Denver, 750 total classes, 45 plus online and hybrid programs. There's no better place if you're looking for an online education than MSU Denver. My boys, what's up? And there's no better place to be than right here, right now. I mean, Broncos talk on a Thursday, which feels like a Friday, and Raiders week, guys. Uh, I'm so pumped for this game. And like you said, Ryan, there's no choice. The, the Broncos have to win this game. Yeah, I don't know if it feels like a Friday though, because I because the rhythm says it's Thursday. Says it's so Thursday. We're gonna, we're gonna hear from Pat Shermer. We're gonna hear about third about first down play calls and third down woes and all that today. It could be juicy with Pat. I mean, we we could get yeah. Pat reacting to Vic saying he has no qualms with him, but things need to get a lot better. I mean, what what, yeah, what Vic is- said with that comment was. Uh, <laughs> He, he was asked, yeah. are, do you have, are you okay with Pat Shermer? He said, yeah, I'm fine with him. Personally, I mean, he didn't say that, but he meant he's fine with yeah. him personally, but professionally, 
He's not very happy with the job he's doing. And when he talked about what was going, when was talk about what was going wrong on offense yesterday, why they're in third and longs and not converting third downs, like, well, we got to run better, we got to block better, we got to pass better. Like, what exactly do you do right here? Well, I mean, uh, what Vic said is the offense is bad. <laughs> yes, in every way. Well, yeah, I mean, no, there's no breaking news involved there. No. The last two weeks they have been bad in every single facet. Uh, and it all comes from the top, in my opinion. Um, it's just, it's crazy, uh, to watch this team continue to do the same things. I mean, last year, uh, there was a lot of issues and, and, um, Drew Locke took a lot of blame for them. And it's funny because I saw some people commenting on our, uh, in our YouTube comments the other day, like, maybe now you guys realize that it's all Pat Shermer's fault and not Drew Locke's. And like, I'm like, man, you obviously weren't watching the show last season because last season I was all over Pat Shermer too. Um, And so then through the first three weeks of the season, Pat Shermer kind of gets a pass uh, and Mm -hmm. and everyone starts to say, oh, maybe it really was Drew who was the problem. And over the last two weeks, I think it's been proven. uh, And I think most people agree that Pat Shermer is the problem. So now again, you got a nice little buffer there to allow yourself to slip up a little bit. And you absolutely took it. Um, they cashed that check. They, yeah, it is. A, it is. It is cash. If you end up going three and three and you have some of these same problems, you score seven, 14, 17 points Ooh. this weekend and you lose again. It's it's over. It's over. So you got to figure something out and you have to be malleable as a coach. Do something new. Try something new. Work in some new wrinkles. Um, stick with what works when it's working. Give Teddy Bridgewater under center play action opportunities. There's so much out there that I'm not seeing from Pat Shermer, and I feel like he should be coaching this week like his job is on the line. He's not coaching to the talent that he has, and I think that's one, that is the common denominator of last year and this year. He's not he, last year. He wasn't putting Drew Locke in situations that benefited him. This year, you look for example, Noah Fant. Why Noah Fant is spending most of last week blocking instead of being used in the screen game more often? That's the best way he can help diffuse the pass rush. Right? Is when he's in the flat in the screen game. I think that that's the thing that kind of bugs me is that the the common thread here is is coat is trying to fit everyone to what you want to do rather than you use the word malleable, which is perfect molding what you want or what, or what you do to what your talent allows you to do. Yeah. And, and, and on top of that, guys, this week we can talk about whether the Raiders will be more up for this game after John Gruden, uh, or just so discombobulated. But one thing that we can't talk about because it's just the straight up truth is the Broncos should be more prepared. They should be better coached in this game. They should be more ready for this game from a preparation standpoint. There's no question about it because the Raiders lost 48, 72 hours in terms of their preparation from the coaching side and then what they can teach to the players. Broncos didn't lose any of that. So if they get out coached in this game, guys, in this game, uh, what what game are they going to – I mean, there's there's no other game I can look on the schedule. I mean, you look at the 0-5 Lions. Look at Dan Campbell. He's crying after the game. His players love him. Uh, I don't think there's a question on, you know, if they're going to be playing hard come that game. But if the Broncos coaching staff just puts out another egg this week, that I, I, I can't say that they're going to be 
more prepared in any other game that, than their opponent this year. I, c- I couldn't agree more. I mean, um, if you get out coached by Rich Bisaccia, <laughs> then uh, you might as well try Tom McMahon as head coach next game. You know what I'm saying? Whoa, whoa. Hey. Ryan making the plea for Tom. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Rich has got a Super Bowl ring there. <laughs> Wait, the last time the Broncos had an interim special teams coach was for a Thursday night football game, wasn't it? It sure was. Um, <laughs> sadly, it was because of health issues yeah. with Gary Kubiak, yeah. which honestly you can make the case is the reason why we're in this whole predicament anyway with uh, Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio after him. Although I was always of the belief that he was, that Gary Kubiak was uh, politely shown the door by John Elway. Yeah, I think I I very much think so too. And uh, on his way out, of course, he did the Eli man and gave the double birds to uh, to John by saying, "Paxton Lynch, that guy you want me to play? No, no, it's gonna be Trev this whole game." He's not playing because he sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, you you have to out coach them this week. You have to out plan them this week. You have to out scheme them this week. Um, and Zach, you would know about getting out coached, out playing, and out. <laughs> yes, I meant to start off with that. I was, uh, I was beat down, humiliated, sent to the garbage last night. Ryan and I played each other in the playoffs, and uh, let's just say he j- he pulled away late in the fourth quarter, and uh, mm, his, yes. his preparation just just took over a little more. Yeah, Maze, I pulled away in the fourth yeah. quarter to win 63 to 12. <laughs> oh, 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 what was the score going into the fourth quarter then? All I remember is the halftime score, which was 42 to zero. Oh, oh. Uh, so, I mean, look, I did I win? No, I didn't win the second half. <laughs> no. I was close. I was competitive in the second half. You were, that's for sure. <laughs> at, at one point in the game, he had 10 offensive plays and 35 points. Oh, yeah. My quarterback had seven <laughs> touchdowns on 20 attempts. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I did notice it was a perfect quarterback rating. Yeah, you think you're you think you're bad, be. Zach. It would have been worse for me. I think I'll just I think I'll just stick to the dynasty I've got going on football manager right now. <laughs> oh, there, there there you go. Yeah. And uh, but hey, I, I'm happy I went from from worst to uh, worst in the playoffs. But I mean yeah. like at least I made the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah playoffs. I, was gonna, I was gonna give you credit for that. That was uh that was impressive. Um Honestly, your performance, you know, Ryan, was impressive. Well, I mean, I I came from the same humble beginnings as you, two and fourteen in my <laughs> first season. Yeah, um, except then you like quickly turned it around. I'm in my seventh season and and maybe just turning it around. Maybe. Hey, you know, fresh start with Madden uh, 22 coming up. It's, maybe it's really true. Maybe that helps or hurts. I'm not sure. Although you you may have just like crushed me back into oblivion after that loss. Yeah. You know, you were talking a little bit before the game and. <laughs> There, there had to be justice served. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, Broncos obviously need to win, but do we think they're going to win? Before we get to our exact predictions there, guys, give me some predictions for things that you think are going to happen in the game. Um, hopefully positive ones on the Broncos. Maybe it's you think Tim Patrick has a big game. Maybe it's you think Noah Fant gets back on track a little bit. What, what do you think is going to happen, Mace? I think you mentioned Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant gets at least eight targets in this game to start with. And some of that is your adjusting and maybe the adjustment here, and perhaps this is just me being optimistic, going against another team with a very good pass rush, a very very good front four in particular, 
maybe the adjustment is all right. He's not great at chipping one of these really good edges like Yannick Ngakwe or the way Carl Nassib has played this year or Max Crosby, but he's better off getting out, getting outside, providing a, a, a screen or swing pass target for Teddy Bridgewater to find and just forcing those edges to think a little bit before they attack the pocket. So I, th- I, I want to see more. That's one thing I want to see. Another thing is um, I think they'll, I think they'll really try to establish the run and some balance. And, and I think also the games have a different flow than the last couple of game games. The Broncos won't fall behind maybe two scores like they did the last couple of weeks. And that means 10 plus carries for both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Mm, I, I love both of those. And over at DraftKings Sportsbook, they have Noah Fant receptions at four and a half. So Macy, you're saying he's getting at least eight targets. I, I hope yep. you're taking the over. I am. I am. I am. That's that's one of the over-unders I'm not flipping a coin on. I'm going to take the over and think think about it and take the over. I'm so sick of seeing Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams right around 10 carries each. I think it is doing such a disservice to both of them. Um, I think if you ask both of them behind closed doors, hey, what's, you know, do you like this? Do you not like this? How do you feel about this? Both of them would say they hate it. So why is that what you're doing? It kind of goes back to playing into your talent. Um, if if your talent doesn't like what, how that is, then you need to figure it out. You need to make a decision on who you want to feed the rock, at least give them two, three drives in a row to see if they can get a rhythm. And if they can't, then maybe you go to the other guy, but nine, I think what was it? Nine for one, eight for the other last week. That doesn't do anything for either guy. Yeah. And it, it's the same in their wins. They're both getting double digit carries and their losses. They're both getting single digit carries, which is just, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there, there's a formula yeah. right there. Just follow it easy right there. Uh, and we know some other things play in a factor of that, but I'm until I can, and to have the lead until I start pounding the rock. I'm doing it from the beginning, but doing it in a Brandon Staley way where you're not just running for the numbers. You're not just running the ball to say, well, look, hey, we did it. We had 15 rushes by halftime and 15 passes by halftime. You have to do it with the purpose. And that's what Brandon Staley said last week and you know blew everyone away uh, with that was you don't have to run the ball. You, you don't have to run the ball for balance. You have to run it for physicality yes. uh, and you have to run it at the right times. And, and so that's exactly what the approach Pat Shermer should take. Don't just run it on first and second down to say you're running it and for the numbers. So you got to do it smart and you got to do it creatively too. Let's use the time we've seen them both on the field, you know, next to next to uh, Teddy Bridgewater and you don't know which way the, the, the run's going to go. We haven't seen that. I want to see that soon. You know what? This is where I wish John Fox was walking into the room because you talk about these two running backs and, if you pushed it right and you and you stuck with it and you were consistent and like Brandon Staley said, establishing that sense of physicality, you'd be patient with it and keep doing it. And one of the teams I covered was Carolina back in 08 and 09 and 08 in particular when they went 12 and four, they had D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, a rookie, kind of kind of like Javante Williams is right now. And what they usually did was one possession for each but they were consistent in how they didn't run more with one running back than the other. They basically had the same run rate with either one of them. If you had a hot hand establish himself by the third quarter, maybe you ran that guy a little more, but you gave them possessions rather than plays. And so that allowed them 
to find a rhythm, especially when you were able to get some of those longer drives going and they would stick with it. I remember, you know, I'm, I remember one game they were playing Arizona. They were down 17, seven in the second quarter fans or 17, three in the second quarter fans are panicking and they come out and they run three times. They move the chains and they keep going. If this is the strength of your offense, you got to trust it. You can't lose your nerve when you fall behind. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a delicate balance because there, you know, there's times where you say, what are they doing? You know, uh, like the first drive of last week where you ran it on first and 15 and second and 14. Um, and then there's other times where you're saying, what are you doing? You have a backup quarterback in there. How do, and you're running the ball well. How do you end up coming out of this with only four rushing attempts in the second half? It's not a perfect just run it more or just run it less. Um, it's about feeling it, and I feel like that's where Pat Schirmer really, really struggles. Um, but you guys have a lot of power today um, because last week, of course, three questions to Pat Schirmer uh, about running the ball more, and then you know he started the game with two straight runs on first and 15 and second and 14. <laughs> so what should we set up today? I'm thinking you guys should um, ask Pat Schirmer if he should take more downfield shots to Cortland Sutton. Oh, why aren't those downfield shots there? Yeah, and, and you, you, you could combo it. Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant and really press him on it. And then maybe the first play is a deep shot to Cortland, and that gets 50. And then the next play is a deep shot to Noah Fant, and boom, 75 yards are in the end zone. Or maybe what you're doing to start those is because you ran at the start of last game, that sets you up for the play action. So you run it off a play fake, and you run it under center. You do yes. it the right way. More play action. What do we think? That's what what do you guys think the first play of the game is? Just as simple as run or pass. Run. <laughs> Man, that would just if be it, going into their tendencies so hard. If it were uh, if it were Rich Gangarello, I would call for a run, but I'd say it'd be a run to Noah Fant on an end around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly would be. <laughs> you know what? Well, run- <laughs> I actually long for the days of the Noah Fant end around. At least it, there was some creativity involved there. Oh, yeah, um, it worked so poorly, and he used it. He used it the worst possible times too. I know he did. How about, um, how about John Brown end around? John Ooh. Brown end around, you know, that sounds good to me. I uh, Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it does. Um, I, man, I just want to see more misdirection in the running game. Like, I don't care if you're running on first down. Give me a counter. I don't <clears> – I feel like I'm, I'm trying to explain, like, football to someone, trying to say that, like, a counter is creative. But it's better than just dive or, you know, off tackle. Give me a little something with, with a little bit of misdirection. Look at last week. The best run you had in the game was the old, you know, flip out um, that never works in Madden, but actually works quite a bit in the actual <laughs> NFL. Um, it, it, I want to see Javante out on the edge a little bit more with the ball in his hands. You know, run a screen to him, those sort of things. He's proven that he's really dangerous out in the open field. So when I say creativity, I mean like the basic level of creativity right. is what I'm looking for early in the and, game. And, and that's why I'm saying two running backs in the backfield. That's not very creative. Heck, I mean, I did it in Madden last night and I just got blown out. If I can do that, that's a pretty basic thing, but it's more creative than what we've seen, Ryan. Well, yeah, because then you're, the defense has to think, okay, they can run left with Melvin. They can run right with Javante. They right. can swing it out of the backfield. You can get the pre-snap motion with one of the backs running out of there. Uh, there's all sorts of different things that you have to just make the defense think. The Broncos aren't making the defense think at all right now because they're just saying, okay, well, let's, let's you know um, hunker down and stop the run and, and hope they don't beat us deep. So, anyways. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
we're going to find out now if we have any faith in these coaches to make some changes this week as they do welcome in the Las Vegas Raiders in what all of us agree is a must-win game for this season, but also for this era of Broncos coaches in terms of Vic Fangio. Um, I truly believe that. And I think they might have gotten really lucky uh, with the way things are shaking out this week. So, uh, well, let, let's start with you, Zach. What is your prediction for Sunday's game? One thing that I like about this game a lot, and maybe it's given too much faith to Pat Shermer, guys. I like a little barn burner. And now a Denver Broncos barn burner. I like some points to be scored here. And a little bounce back, of course, at the same time. That means a little disappointment from the defense. Guys, the defense, the offense has been disappointing the last two weeks. There's no doubt about it. The defense is just as disappointing. They fell from one of the best defenses in the NFL the first three weeks when they were playing peewee uh, teams to when they played the big boys, they did not look good. And they really didn't look good in the past game, those two games. And I think, again, they're going to get burned because what does Derek Carr do? Great. He neutralizes Von Miller and also... I think Derek Carr, why I have confidence that he's going to be able to have success in this game is John Gruden had to be holding him back in some way. I think John, I think this is just going to be the Derek Carr game. He's going to come out and say, look at the quarterback I can be, but guys, but with that, I think the Broncos get the win. The line is three and a half, and boy, I think it is so close to that. I can't decide whether to go Broncos 27-24 or 27-23. That's, ex- that's just how close I am in this game. I'll, uh, I'll go 27-24. Raiders get that extra point. Over-under on this game, set at 44. I love the over. Uh, yeah um you've got a different view on it than i do uh i've got a field goal fest here boys um Mm. so i've got each team scoring two touchdowns and then the broncos uh kicking three field goals on top of that to get to 23 uh and the raiders only getting two field goals on top of that so that would be 23 to 20 um broncos win i i gotta be honest i'm this, I, I'm fighting between my my head and my heart here. Um, there's a part, like there's a part of me that thinks just like it's a Broncos home game against an average team. They almost always win these. That's the, what's bringing me back to a Broncos win. Um, I shouldn't even say they almost always win them. They're always in the game. There's another part of me that just feels like the wheels might be ready to fall off. Um, and the only thing that's stopping me from feeling that is that the wheels have already fallen off. Yep. For, yeah. for the Raiders, it, it's an unbelievably um, good break, I think, for the Broncos that they're getting a team that's in disarray. Like I said earlier in the week on the podcast, I think a lot of those players are looking around at these coaches who are just like John Gruden's best buddies and thinking like, well, if you're homies with him and, and he's like that, then are you guys like that, too? I think there's a lot of skepticism. Um, I think what, uh, Brandon Staley said, which by the way, are we just going to get Brandon Staley knocking it out of the park every single week? Um, (laughs) I think what he said yesterday about how trust is so hard to earn, um, is really, really true. And those guys trust has been betrayed and I just, I'm not convinced that they're going to say, okay, well, he's the only one we didn't, we shouldn't have trusted. We were wrong there. I think that there's going to be just an, an interesting vibe for those guys for a while now. So, um, I, like I said, I don't think 
I, this has very little to do with my confidence in the Broncos coaching staff and everything to do uh, with the fact that I, I think the Raiders are in disarray. Well, Ryan, you touched on it really quick about Brandon Staley. As terrible as it is to see Justin Herbert do well for a Broncos fan's perspective, man, it seems like the Chargers got the truth of a head coach as well, which is just they've, they've got the combo now, which is just such a bummer for the Broncos. Uh, and, and just really quick as well, Ryan, the Broncos season could be over after this game. The Raiders season's already over. And so that's 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 why I also like the Broncos here. I, I, Uh-oh, you I, think I they're going to turn it around with Rich Biscacci? Biscaccia. And <laughs> exactly. if, they, if they win, look, if they win Sunday, it's not over. If they, even if they lose Sunday, they've got a couple of games coming up here against NFC's opponents that allow them to get back on their feet. And like, the, like, like playing the Chicago Bears at home? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they could book, they could blow it. It's it's a chance, but you know what? I think they'll actually do better in the future games because I, when everything broke about John Gruden, of course, it broke before the last game, and the Raiders looked like a team that wasn't particularly engaged or playing hard for its coach after learning some things about said coach. So there's the possibility here that it galvanizes them a little bit. It's a talented team that in in no universe should have lost to the Chicago Bears last Sunday. So let's kind of make that clear here. Um, well, I mean, if but, you're going to make but, that yeah, clear, they also lost here, at home by 11. They, the lost at home, they lost at home by 11. I think the reason they lost that game was because of all the John Gruden stuff. Well, it only got worse. Right. It got, well, it got, <laughs> it got worse, but you also, you also cut out the tumor. At that point, he's he's gone. He's not there. Whereas he's coaching the team on Sunday, two days after the racist the racist remarks about DeMarie Smith emerged, and you can you couldn't blame guys for saying, "Well, f this guy." I'm you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play for him at this point. I mean, they probably had some very choice words among themselves about about John Gruden and what he said. So, I think that that was a distraction by getting rid of him. You've cut out the distraction. And the other thing is there isn't really much of a template for teams changing coaches when they have a winning record. Usually when we talk about a coach change, we're talking about a team that's just playing out the string. They're right. four, four and seven or something like that. This is this is a bit different. That being said, I think the Broncos win this game 24 Oh, my gosh. You can't. <laughs> what a waste of time. Seriously. But you're saying they're going to be so much pushback but you and then said, they lose. Well, you said their season's over. It's not over. The, it's, it's definitely it's over if it's they not, lose this not. week. Yes, because uh, as Matthew no. as Matthew Johnson says uh, in the comment chat, he says, yeah. embarrassing. That's what the Raiders lost was last week. That's yeah. what their season has become this week. And maybe maybe Derek Carr's done after this year. He might be. He has, he's, Las not, Vegas. he's not negotiating his contract. He said that. Yep. The, I mean, the variable here is what if with Greg Olson, they just turn him loose a little bit. I mean, yeah, tight ends being turned it's, loose. it's the unknown that we're stepping into here. Maybe it's a disaster. Maybe it's maybe it's better. I'd say probably it ends up being somewhere in between and they end up finishing about seven and ten. But, you know, you you never know. This is it. I would rather face the Raiders a week from now than this week. I would say that uh, they're pretty much locked into last place in the AFC West. In my opinion, <laughs> I think they're a rudderless ship. Uh, teams without a plan just don't go anywhere. And there's no there's no plan there. They're they're on the backup plan of an already bad plan. 
I think they're a rudderless ship with a gigantic hole in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> all right. Speaking of things with a gigantic hole in the middle, we have cornhole at the DNVR tailgate. <laughs> uh, you can come down and play uh, this weekend, and uh, I think coming down to the DNVR tailgate is about the single most fun thing you can do before the game. It's uh, 25 bucks for uh, non-members, 20 bucks for members, and you can get on the DNVR bus uh, from the DNVR bar over to the tailgate, uh, and that is 35 bucks for non-members, 30 bucks for members. Either way, a good deal because when you get on the bus, they'll take you over to the tailgate. When you get to the tailgate, it's all-you-can-eat sexy pizza, which is so delicious, uh, and also uh, Breck brews on Breck brews on Breck brews. So come on down. Hang out with the fellow uh, DNVR family members. Play some drinking games. Play some lawn games. Try and knock me off in uh, Can Jam, uh, the the reigning champ over here. So uh, it's an absolute blast. Uh, and you can go over to dnvrlocker.com right now and get your tickets. Wow, Ryan, just a, uh, a, a the reigning champ of everything, I guess. Just uh, I'm I'm happy to be in your company, Ryan. And uh, <laughs> if you have big plans this weekend, maybe it's going to the tailgate. Maybe it's a little date night on Friday or Saturday. You want to make sure you are prepared with the Lawnmower 4.0 from our friends over at Manscaped for whatever excitement could happen this weekend. Make sure you have the Lawnmower 4.0 because it's the best. Uh, it's the best razor out there. I don't care if we're talking above the belt, below the belt. The Lawnmower 4.0, I talk about how it has the advanced skin safe technology. I talk about how it has the light. It's waterproof. Uh, it, it's wireless charging, so the battery life lasts forever. It also has a 7,000 RP. PM motor, which is huge, which makes it be able to trim through anything. And on top of the Lawnmower 4.0, guys, you got to check out the Crop Reserver, which is a ball toner, and the and the Crop or, or the Crop Reviver, which is a ball toner, and the Crop Preserver, which is the deodorant for your balls. And guys, the Lawnmower 4.0 is just fantastic because you're not going to get any nicks. And on top of all of that, if you use the code DNVR over at Manscaped.com, you'll get 20% off with free shipping. So make sure to check out all the incredible products they have including their new body wash at manscaped.com and smash that code dnvr also check out breck and Rich brewery the official beer of dnvr like rk mentioned there'll be plenty of breck brews on hand at the tailgate outside of broncos raiders this coming sunday of course if you want to get the full array of breck brews you can get started early if you go on down to the dnvr bar we've got all the breck brews on tap we've got those good company heart heart seltzers as well and if you're not in the city of denver but you're in the southern suburbs you want some of those breck brews check out the farmhouse that's the restaurant at breckenridge breweries facility down in littleton it's right off of santa fe you can go on down there get a great meal some great pub grub and get any of the array of breck brews right there on site where so many of them are made if you want to also just pick up if you just want to take out go home call 303-803-1380 and use the code dnvr and save five dollars off your meal and you can also get plenty of beer when you go down to the farmhouse and you call in that order they'll bring it all right to your car you take it home and have a delicious meal have some of those delicious breckenridge brews so remember 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m for takeout and they'll come by bring your order to your car and use that code dmvr to save five dollars off your meal and wherever you are in the 
the country. Check out the Breck Beer Locator to find the nearest spot to you where you can get some of those delicious Breck brews. Might be a liquor store, might be a grocery store, might be a pharmacy, depending on what part of the country you're in. You're probably not too far from someplace that's got some of those delicious Breck brews. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. And before we move on, guys, got a super chat coming in. Yeah, let's hit the super chat for sure. And it it comes from gotta go go back. It comes here from, from Chris, Chris Rose. Rose. He says, "Tell you what, guys, I was hard in the lock camp during the off season, but fell in love with Teddy during the preseason. But man, am I getting real eight and nine vibes right now? Makes me want to sink or swim with Drew." Yeah, I mean, this is a, an interesting kind of thought because it's what I talked about in the offseason. I think a lot of people um, who were maybe, quote-unquote, in the lock camp in the offseason was, hey, if if you're going to go right around 500 with Teddy, then are you better off seeing if you can pop with Drew Locke? The problem with that is we saw Drew come in for a game. It was not ideal conditions. I give him a break for that but it did not end up working out well. And I think that we've seen over the last two weeks that when the Broncos lose, no one has fun. Um, So sinking or swimming, if you end up sinking, which is probably the more likely scenario, uh, it's going to be a lot more miserable than it seems like when you're just talking about it from a broad spectrum. I think people, if you ask them now, if you said, would you rather go 500 this year, we'll we'll even just say nine and eight, would you rather go nine and eight this year? Or, you know, uh, 6 and 11. I think people are to the point now where they just want to see the Broncos win. They want to have a good time on Sunday. And you do eventually have to start winning to become a winning team. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, what does 9 and 8 get you? Does 9 and 8 get you a playoff spot or not? I think if it, if it sneaks you into the playoffs, you'd much rather have. That's that that's kind of the that's that's the the thing in this. Or if you make the playoffs, that is something tangible even though it does it may not get you closer to a Super Bowl. At least that gets you kind of off the schneid of having missed the playoffs 5 years in a row going into the season. And so I think uh, that's the thing. And other if you're not going to make the playoffs, then you'd probably rather have the higher the higher draft pick. The other thing also is with if this team continues to flounder, if the let's say they don't win this and they lose to Cleveland, and then they beat Washington, lose to Dallas, then and, and at that point, even if Teddy Bridgewater is still playing reasonably well, if you look kind of at the numbers and say, well, he's still top half in in the in all these metrics league wide. It's still possible at that point you might see Drew Locke just because Vic Fangio says, okay, we got to change something here, even if Teddy Bridgewater is still playing well. Oh, boy. I mean, that yeah. move will be coming from George Payton, I have to imagine. Uh, since in that scenario, Mace, I mean, Vic's definitely coaching for his job at that point. But we we very well may see that. All right, guys, should we travel around the AFC West to pick the rest of these games, including what should be a dud and what should be a fantastic game? But before we do that, let's check the standings, see where things are. And we have a new leader in the clubhouse, Mace. After last week, you're off to a you're, you're above 500. I'm just below 500. And Ryan, six and nine. Well, nice. But w- what's happening? The 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 wheels falling off. Just going for a nice record. Um, Focusing too much on Madden. I mean, what are we doing here? 
nope. I just got to stick to my guns. Continue fading the Chargers. <laughs> oh, and let's jump right into that game because, guys, that's certainly the best game outside of the Broncos in the AFC West. You have the Chargers going into Baltimore. Chargers are dogs. And, guys, these are kind of two opposite teams from the Broncos and Raiders. Broncos and Raiders started incredibly hot, have really fallen off since. And the, the, the Ravens and Chargers kind of had, uh, I mean, just small bumps in the road to start the season, but then have just been taking off. Lamar Jackson looks like he's Peyton Manning as a passer right now these past two weeks. And, uh, of course, Justin Herbert looks really good as well. Mace, how do you see this one playing out? You know, if the Chargers defense had not gotten gashed the way it did last week by Cleveland, I think I'd take L.A. even though they're going cross country. But no, it's (laughs) what do you mean? No. You got to take the Chargers. Be, he wants no, to be the only one picking uh, the I'm Ravens. Taking, He's trying I'm, to get a game on you, Mace. I'm taking the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens. And, and it is in Baltimore. Yeah, it's in Baltimore. And, I mean, you, you again, and you kind of sort of an old school thing, but it's cross country, tough environment, tough opponent. And uh, and and Baltimore having proven that they can that, that they can win with Lamar Jackson's arm as well as with his legs. You have The challenge of defending the Ravens has – multiplied by a factor of four over the last couple of weeks because of what they've shown. I think well, the, these two games, Lamar Jackson doing what he's done passing this route, this, I think it might be remembered in much the same way as when the Falcons beat the Broncos in 16 and that set them up to go to the Super Bowl because they didn't need Julio Jones in order to win. They could rely on other people, and it made them that much harder to defend. Baltimore's harder to defend, so give me the Ravens. Or or the, Baltimore's harder to defend. Give me the Ravens. Ryan? Um, hmm. Well, I um, put down a bet this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Lamar <laughs> Jackson to win MVP. Um, he, he was valued, I, th- I thought, way too low at plus 1,200, um, way behind even Justin Herbert. And it's already moved to plus 1,000. I think that this is uh, eventually going to be the MVP. And because of that, he's got to win this duel between another MVP candidate. So I'm going with the Ravens. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Um, but I, I got, like I said, I got to stick to my guns here. I got to stick to my guns here. And, uh, I totally see what you guys are saying. Macy made a great argument for the Ravens, but Mm. guys, I got to stick with what got me here. What got me to a better record than Ryan. And that is going with the Chargers. Obviously, I hope this doesn't happen for the Broncos' sake, but I think this is this is another huge game for the Chargers just to show that they're just not a playoff team, but that they are asserting their dominance in the AFC going off back-to-back huge wins. Uh, and this one would be on the road. And guys, it's a bummer that this game is at the same time as the Broncos game because this would be a really fun one to watch. I know. I hate when this happens, when you get the the best games of the day overlapping. In fact, it's even worse when it's the 11 o'clock slate uh, when the Broncos play in that early slate because there's way too many games to keep up with. Like, at least when the Broncos play in the afternoon, you got to keep tabs on, like, two or three other games going on at that time. Right. That, that 11 a.m. slate, like, I don't even know what happened last week. Um, I was already, you know, I was already um, in a daze from being on a flight. But <laughs> after that, it was like, um, there's too many games to try and keep track of at this point. So 
Um, at least this one's in the afternoon, but it is a bummer we don't get to watch that one. That should absolutely be a primetime game. Oh, it definitely should. And guys, the the one that probably should definitely not be a primetime game is we're talking about the bottom of the AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs going into Washington. I guess not even Washington, like Virginia, right, guys? To, Maryland. to play Maryland. No, Maryland. Not oh, there yeah. we go. Maryland. Their, faci- their facilities in Virginia. Their stadium is in Maryland. And wow. It's what a basically, mess. And their name's Washington. Yeah, and basically, like they're so far apart, it would be as if the Broncos trained in Castle Rock and played in like not maybe not Longmont, but uh, Boulder. Oh Jeez. my gosh! Wow, yeah. that is ridiculous. It's, what's up? Castle Rock catching strays out of nowhere. <laughs> hey. it, to do with it. <laughs> it wasn't, but it should. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, that's brutal. And so, I mean, that just shows you how disarray the organization is. But also, Taylor Heineke, guys, is he going to beat the Chiefs at home? Nope. No? No. No, No, and we'll be picking against the spread. Maybe this one will make it more interesting on our Broncos Pick'em, which will be up this weekend. So make sure to check that out if you want to get in on DraftKings. But, guys, the spread is 6.5 here. I got to say, I'm I'm surprised at how low it is. Maybe people have lost confidence in the Chiefs. I have not lost confidence in Patrick Mahomes, and I would be shocked if Washington is able to beat them. They've lost confidence in their defense. Not not Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes right. is still playing really well. It's it's all about the fact that this, this Chiefs defense might be all-time bad. Yeah. They've given up 29 or more points in every single game so far this year. Yeah. yeah, if they were playing a legitimate um, a quarterback, then I would consider picking against them. I think that that's um, like a thing that you can do this year is see is see a game for them that's going to be a good game against another team with a good quarterback and pick against them, but they're not going to lose to Taylor Heineke. Would you sign Fitzpatrick is legit? Like, would fit in this equation here if he was healthy? No. Okay. Okay. So, so for this game, they were gonna win. Yeah, it has to at least be like an upper tier quarterback. So a Derek Carr, or is that not even it? Um, no, no. Oh, okay, okay. So a very a, a really good quarterback. <laughs> like I said, like I don't know, top ten is Derek Carr. Top well, I mean, 10? Uh, I would say eleven or twelve. So no, he's yeah. not. But I mean, you you look at the the Chiefs' past couple losses, and it's come to Josh Allen, who certainly is in that category that you're talking about, uh, and Justin Herbert, who also is in that category that you're talking. Who was their and other loss to? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Oh, That's a, yeah. like the, the one thing about the Chiefs. <laughs> it's a bad defense, yes, but they all. I mean, they probably have the three. If you're saying, oh, they've got a great set of losses, the Chiefs probably have the best collection of losses that you can possibly have and that's why i'm not i think they probably don't win the division but i'm not buying that this team is going to careen all the way out of the playoffs and despite their defense mahomes is probably going to do and that offense is where they will probably do enough to get this team to 10 wins i mean uh, if the broncos win this game sunday guys it's actually not hard to kind of look way on the horizon and see Broncos Chiefs week 18 winner goes on loser goes home both of them going in like nine and seven wouldn't that be something although you would you would you would hate it if that's the case because uh that would not give you a good chance of finally getting your first win in like 500 years against the Chiefs no no you wouldn't but I'm just saying I mean that's that would be interesting wouldn't it man Maze I hope I hope that happens oh that would be fun 
the Chiefs will not be nine and seven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think so too. But if you want to bet on it, guys, over at DraftKings, one thing that I, I found out this weekend that I absolutely love that you can do at DraftKings is you can bet on live uh, total wins for a team, which I've never seen that before. Obviously, I knew you could do that before the season, but I think that's so cool that you can do that over at DraftKings. You could grab the, I'm guarantee the under uh, would be under 10 wins for the Chiefs, or it would be their wins would be above that. So you could take the under to grab nine wins for them. Uh, and there's so much that you can go for. And, of course, I like the long-term plays. Ryan's got a couple long-term plays out there, but the short-term plays are what makes it fun. And tonight is a perfect night to get in on that, I think, Tampa Bay, like I said, for my lock of the week, my pick of the week is Tampa Bay winning uh, by that six and a half. Easy, Mace. I think you're going to have a good night tonight. And if you get in on this game tonight or you get in on any game this weekend, Bet $1, and DraftKings will give you $100 in free bets that you can use instantly. So you could use that $100 on tonight's game if you just place a bet of $1 or more over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. The app is amazing, and you will have so much fun. Use that code DNVR when you sign up to get that deal that they have going on right now. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Solace Meds, home of the super discount. The way the super discount works is you take some of their great deals that they already have running this month, like Dixie Gummies, 25% off, Solace Bears, 25% off, Summit, 25% off, 1906 Drops, 25% off, etc. They've got more. And then you take the the code DNVR20, you tell them that at the register. They give you an additional 20% off of your entire order on top of that, and they'll hook you up with a free Solace Bar or King Cone. It's an incredible discount, and uh, they're they're an incredible dispensary over there at Solace Meds. Um, There's four convenient locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. So go down to Solace Meds, get all of your needs taken care of, and use that code DNVR20 to create an even bigger discount than the one they already give you. Also, your Colorado rugby team is rebranded again, but this rebrand is here to stay. The rugby club composed of crossover athletes ended their first season at five and five, and now they're known as the American Raptors. And if you haven't heard of the American Raptors, they are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team comprised of athletes who've completed, competed at the highest level of their respective sports, including football, baseball, basketball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. And these athletes possess all the necessary skills to excel at the great game of rugby. And the best thing about hitting up an American Raptors game is that they're free. You heard that right, free. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. If you can't make the game, AmericanRaptors.com will stream all of the matches from their website. And our guy Colton Strickler has it all covered for you with the weekly DMVR Rugby podcast. And you can follow him in the DNVR Rugby account. Keep up with the latest news. You can learn about rugby with Colton's Rugby 101 podcast. He's got interviews with the athletes and coaches with the American Raptors, even betting advice when rugby is in season to bet upon. So check all that out at DNVR Rugby. All right, guys, let's jump into the comments from our great listener. Zach, you want to get us started? Oh, you're muted. What is Beard. this? What is this? How was I? I think Kale did that to me behind the scenes just to, wow. just to throw me off. Do not Nick. throw me under the bus here. Kale, I tried it, to unmute you and it said the guest has muted themselves. Do not Kale, throw me I, under the I, bus. I wasn't, oh, truth Kale, comes I wasn't out. one. 
I wasn't Excuses. the one with the Castle Rock comment. Wow, you got to you got to throw the mute button on. I think that was uh, Mace throwing that out there. But anyways, we'll get into the comment section. I didn't section mock here. Castle Rock. I just said <laughs> it was. I was referring to something being a long way, like that. The the Washington football team is out in Loudoun County, Virginia, and that's uh, that's basically kind of Castle Castle Rock, as it were. I, th- I think people in Castle Rock do- just you know think Castle Rock is the place, so they're like, no, it's close. That's that's where that's where the center of action is. Castle right. Rock, not in the metro area. <laughs> oh, definitely not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> See, I, th- I think it is. I think you take uh, all. I, I think you take all you Probably. can. You yeah. take all no, you can. No, no, yeah. way too far. I, as I told Kale, I said to me, there's no difference between Castle Rock and Colorado Springs in terms of how far they are from Denver. <laughs> oh, come, there's like a 40 minute difference. It's it's labeled with one distance. Too uh. far. Too far. <laughs> well, we'll jump into the comment section, which is not too far from our hearts. First one coming in from T Woods sixteen. He says, "Do you guys think Bowles' regression in the current year could be to, could be so to Teddy and how he holds on to the ball too long?" I think, uh, interesting. Um, the defense of that would be Drew Locke also holds on to the ball too long, um, and. Garrett played better with him last year. Uh, you know, at the time, there was a lot of talk about the crowds. Is he playing better without crowd noise? But it's not like he's been getting booed at home or anything. Um, so I don't. I honestly don't know. It's not like the NFL. Actually, I haven't looked into this, but it doesn't feel like from watching it that the NFL has jumped back on calling holding a bunch. Um, it still feels to me like they've just decided stop calling holding. It makes things boring, um, which I kind of agree with. Um <laughs> So I don't know what it is, um, but it's it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. And no, I'm not putting this one on Teddy. Um, we've seen we've seen Garrett struggle more often than we haven't with a ton of different quarterbacks and a ton of different guys that hold on to the ball for too long. And so, no, I don't think this is on Teddy. I actually do think it's a, it's a little bit on the crowds and the environment. The other thing is, mm. we we probably should take I probably should take a look at holding penalties if that's actually pretty easy to find because I'm curious to see the rate that they're being called because last year was the single biggest year-to-year variance that we've seen in modern NFL history in terms of holding penalties being called. So there may be something, maybe it has gotten back to normal. Next one coming in from Charles Snodgrass. He says, my boys, I just want to thank Ryan as I reached out to him via Instagram to become a DNVR family member and help me set up my account since I am an active duty military member. Well, thank you so much, Charles. He says, Mm -hmm. so thank you, Ryan, and can't wait to meet you guys following the Broncos-Bengals game in December. So my question is, if you had to pick, who would you want the Broncos to pick as their head coach? Assuming Fangio gets fired, thanks for the content. Go Buffs and go Broncos. Got a fellow Buff joining in our family Ryan yes go buffs and, and appreciate your service uh, more than you know all right you get your pick of any coach they have to be at least I guess like available they can't currently be coaching another NFL team I think is basically the the uh the line as, there as a head coach right exactly um shoot I'm... I was gonna go Brandon Staley oh yeah see can't do that <laughs> um I'm going to, you know, this is this is on brand for me. I got to go with the young offensive mind. I'm going Kellen Moore. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm going Nick Saban, guys. Let, By the way. Let, let's do this. What Does Kellen Moore um, make Brett Rippon his offensive coordinator? 
Wow, he could. Yeah, that would that would follow, wouldn't it? Just retire and step into the role. Obviously, he's going to call the plays anyway. So it's you know, it's Sean McVay has his buddies come play offensive coordinator for him. Uh, uh, just kind of like uh, Vic Fangio has his buddy play defensive coordinator for him. So, um, you know, Brett just goes right into coaching. Maybe he's just the QB coach. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tell you, for me, it's easy. It's Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. but I think Peterson's going to have better offers with more stable quarterback situations and more stable ownership situations. And, and that's the other thing. Like, I don't know that you're going to be, you know, dealing from the top of the deck here because the coach, if you have to make a move, the coach isn't going to know who the owner is. Yeah. And Mace, that's probably who I'm going with too, even though it's, it's a great hire. It's not the sexiest, like, you know, a, a Kellen Moore is, um, wait, but wait, I mean, he, didn't Doug Peterson win a Super Bowl? Yes. With yeah. Carson with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles? Sure did. Yes. It, exactly. And Mace, that's, that's why I'm saying it, it's it's that's it's, the, pretty it's damn probably sexy the to best. Me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's the best tire, I think. Um uh, but guys, I'm I I I just don't understand why why Brian Dable is is not getting any respect here. I mean that that would be uh a very interesting move, especially if you're going with a young quarterback. Um it, it, he has to be respected in this, but I think there's a little bit of people who think like, well, is he just a product of, of Josh Allen more than Josh Allen is a product of him? It's, I don't know the answer to that. I think that he's done a great job with Josh Allen. So uh, if you have a Josh Allen type coming in, I'd love that. My worry is that there's not necessarily a Josh Allen type out there right now. Or but if the thing is, ball, why not talk about uh, Greg Roman? And what he did with Lamar Jackson too. Yeah, definitely, definitely that's someone. But my, my my thing with Josh Allen is is it's not like he was a number one polished pick. He was the exact opposite of that. That that's just why uh, I would have more confidence in him uh, use it going with any quarterback than I really would with like any other quarterback guru who's just had one guy that they've done it with. Just because of the the transformation he helped Josh take. I I, I would like that hire. I would definitely like that hire. My thing is I just. I, the hard thing is I don't think this is the year to go grab a quarterback, um, mm, yeah, but I could, cha- I could, and I probably will change. So I'm taking responsibility <laughs> for that right now. I will fall in love with some quarterback at some point. It just hasn't happened yet. Next one coming in from Thick Fangio sitting at the next table over pretending to read a newspaper so you don't know it's Thick Fangio. Says, I'm glad we can finally stop talking about Spencer Rattler, but let's please not start with Desmond Ritter. I haven't watched him until this year, but from what I've seen, I would compare him to Philip Rivers. Does he have skill? Sure. Sounds awesome. But he- oh, right, I know. <laughs> Does he have skill? Sure, but he doesn't seem to be the guy that they can excite and elevate his team. From what I've seen, Cincinnati's defense keeps them in games and is the only reason anybody is talking about him i'm much more high on a matt corral or coral and i don't think we'll be bad enough to get him hashtag qb in 2023 kind of playing off what ryan just said yeah um yeah uh i first of all sign me the hell up for any philip rivers uh ask quarterback (laughs) borderline hall of famer is that yeah, yeah, I think Fair. I think borderline. Yeah, he he would get my vote over Eli Manning. I'll just say that. Yeah, borderline Hall of Famer. I would take Eli, but either way, both of those guys on the edge. Um, I uh, I don't understand the the comp they're saying um, that 
he doesn't seem a guy who can excite and elevate his team. I feel like that was one of Phil's best, <laughs> yeah. uh, best attributes. I, again, though, I'm just I'm not ready to uh, like I said, if the Broncos lose this week, that's when uh, watching college football on Saturday starts becoming homework again for this show. Um, so I don't I, I have not made any declarations on any of these quarterbacks yet. Now, I actually think Ritter is someone who elevates his team as well. I mean, you you look at what Cincinnati has been, what they've become with him, and you also look at uh, that when he's been he's done the job in big games. I mean, he since I mean here we're talking about Cincinnati legitimately being in the college football playoff mix. If they if they take care of business the rest of the way, guys, because they've already got a couple of they've got a couple of road wins at Power Five schools plus Notre Dame in their back pocket, they're going to be in the playoff. So we may have a real nice opportunity to learn even more about Desmond Ritter and see if he is the real deal here if they make the playoff. Yeah, I yeah. completely agree. And guys, next one coming in from Chilongo. Bronco says, hey guys, still think this team is better with Teddy and PS2 plus a 2022 first round pick versus having Stafford. Big mistake of the offseason from my point of view. Much love. Um, I don't. Well, it, the question is: if the question is, are they better this season? Um, then the, the answer is obviously no. But I don't think that was right. ever in question. Um, the the question is: are they better off long term? And the answer to me comes down to really which team wins a Super Bowl first. Um, and it, it, that answer might not come for a while, or you know, it could come this year uh, if the Rams get it done and win a Super Bowl, then no one will ever say they made the wrong move. Everyone will praise them and say they found their guy, they identified him, they paid what they had to do to get him. But isn't it wasn't it two first round picks that they gave up for him? Yeah, so he's saying yeah. this first this year's first round pick is Patrick Sertan. Right. Okay. So Patrick Sertan, next year's twenty twenty uh yeah, twenty twenty two first round pick. Yeah, I mean we'll find out. It definitely I don't think anyone would have ever made the argument that this year they're better without Matthew Stafford. No, the other and, thing, and, yeah, yeah. The other thing, real quick on Stafford. Sorry, is that maybe if you if you trade for Stafford, it's well and good, but are you putting him into a situation like he just had with Detroit, where yeah, the I mean, there, there's no doubt, Mace. Yeah, yeah there, there's no doubt that the Rams yeah. were better with him for the, this year than the Broncos would have been, but. It's hard to unless the Broncos get a quarterback with that first pick next year and Teddy comes back to earth a little bit. It's going to be hard to argue against that. So I see where you're coming from. All right. Got to get out to Dove, guys. Talk to you later. Later. Mace is going to head out to uh, Dove Valley to give us the uh, correspondence from um, from Broncos headquarters. Uh, we'll do a couple more here, Zach, before we wrap up. Next one's from Melbourne Bronco. Hi, guys. I finally calmed down, but it's still a lost cause. I hear there's this guy living in Denver who's an offensive genius. He was a QB for two different teams. Has Have Fangio and Shermer ever thought to ask for some help? <laughs> well, Ryan, no. I mean, this this guy's going to be at the game this week. Should you put a headset on him? Okay, listen. The person <laughs> that's going to be at the game this week um, who you need to put a headset on, is Mike Shanahan. Um, you know, That's what he's when, talking about. No, he said he was a QB for two different teams. He's talking about Peyton Manning. Oh, a QB. Oh, I yeah. read that. I read that as head coach. No. Nope, and so that's a... why I was thinking. That's why I was thinking uh, Mike Shanahan. So we were on the same wavelength. Yeah, no. When, uh, when Mike Shanahan goes down to midfield to be honored at halftime, just keep him on the field, give him the headset, get out of the way. Um, <laughs> let him call the plays. That's my, that's my, uh, 
it's my idea here. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I would doubt that Shermer or Vic Fangio are calling Peyton Manning for offensive advice. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely. They're not calling Mike Shanahan for offensive advice either. And Brian, we actually had someone, we were talking about head coaches. Someone dropped in the name Mike Shanahan said, why not bring him back? Uh, and I mean, if you're throwing the headset on him, you bringing him back? Uh, no, he, he's not going to come work full time. I'm just, you know, let's let's get a win out of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One more win over the Raiders. The, uh, he, yeah, exactly. He's good at that. And Ryan, next one from Nick Scott. He says, truth be told, I don't hate the idea of a bend, don't break defense. I don't love it, but the idea of it makes sense. The problem is you can't call this defense a bend, don't break defense because they break like one play tish, one plied tissue during flu or COVID season. They've been burned on long plays and bad penalties multiple times this season. Looking at you, Kyle Fuller. You can't play bend, don't break defense if you're going to keep breaking we got to try something else this defense is too talented to continue to waste it on another happier note my wife and i are pumped to visit denver when philly comes to town in november it'll be my first nfl game where i won't be cheering for the enemy team and i'll be surrounded by my own team's fans going to visit the bar and get our tailgate and party bus tickets as well can't wait to get over to denver from st louis keep on rolling guys just know we appreciate everything you guys do and we really appreciate you nick scott can't wait to see you for that Eagles game, that'll be a really fun one right before the bye. Uh, and Ryan, he's right about the bend don't break. That's why I said, let's play rush and cover this week and, and press those guys at the line of scrimmage because you're probably going to break a little bit in this game. We've seen it just happen. So instead of bending and breaking, just break a couple of times and don't, don't bend either. But Ryan, my other really quick point about bend don't break defense, it doesn't work when your defense has to be elite and carry your team. If you're just trying to be a good top 10 defense, an average defense because your your offense is carrying you, like the Kansas City Chiefs probably want from their defense, just don't be bad. Then you can bend and don't break. You can do that, but elite, you can't do it. Yeah, I agree. I think that they're calling the defense wrong for the personnel that they have, and I think it's a waste of money, um, to be completely honest. Shout out to our first Raiders fan in the comment section all week. You know, <laughs> that fan base has been so embarrassed that they've been so quiet all week. Uh, nice to see, <laughs> nice to see them show up. And I think there is where we're gonna wrap up uh, for today. We want to give a shout out to MSU Denver one last time before we get out of here and uh, appreciate them for being the presenting sponsor of this show. You also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group where you can get a cleaning x-ray and exam when you uh, when you when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Uh, they appreciate them. One of the best family-owned dentistries in all of Colorado and definitely the best in the metro area. So if you need any work done, uh, head just 15 minutes outside of downtown to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. But until then, uh, and until we catch you guys after the game on Sunday, hit us with a like on your way out. Hit us with a subscribe. You can even sign up for alerts. Uh, but we'll catch you guys on Sunday after the game. And thank you guys for tuning in all week.